0: Hey, Content Swap listeners. In this week's episode, we discuss an incredible film called City of God, but we realized while recording the episode that some of the content of this movie can be deeply upsetting for more sensitive audiences. So, listener discretion is advised. Thanks, and on to the episode. And we are live. Yay! <laughs> Throwback opener. Uh, welcome back to the Content Swap podcast, the podcast where we swap content and <laughs> discuss it at the end of the week. You were joined by Parker and Aaliyah. Right on. That um, was like a deep breath. There, I'm like mentally preparing myself uh, to be talking for the next like hour and a half. <laughs> I am <laughs> so not we, I feel like we've been very <laughs> silent so far today, um, and we we're doing this in the morning as opposed to. At night, so hopefully we have a little bit more energy. I consciously chose not to drink a coffee this morning, so we'll see how that uh, affects me, because I have caffeine every day. Uh, So, fingers crossed. Why didn't you drink a coffee? You know, I've been drinking so much coffee. Like, my tolerance for coffee, I think, has gotten really high. But I've also just been feeling, like anxious like mm-hmm. my heart's been beating exceptionally the fast yeah'm just like maybe I shouldn't be so jittery and just like anxious but no it's like an anxiety that comes that it's like I know I'm fine but my body can't control it's just it's like it's literally like my heart is just beating fast and I'm maybe breathing a little fast as well so I'm I'm just kind of thinking like maybe today I just won't have coffee and we'll see how that goes if by the end of this I'm like and then the the wizard (laughs) (laughs) then well yeah we'll know uh we'll know how my body's doing so anyway uh what are we doing this week you want to fill us in
1: yeah so I was assigned city of God um, which came out in 2002. I'm gonna move this up here so it's not so low. Um, I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for this movie, <laughs> talking about this movie. I feel like I'm going. I'm going to have to like go through kind of the the motions of the movie because it's a lot happens. Yeah. Um, but I will also. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the really hard things to
0: watch because yeah, totally. There's just no need for it. I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about those things either.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. I'm gonna skirt over a few like details, but overall give you what happens in the movie. Um, so our narrator is this kid named Rocket, um, and it starts. He starts off with kind of giving like a little background, like history. So it jumps to the the story set in the '70s, but he jumps to the '60s just to like give you the details of who's who, what, how did we get here, um. And so, when we flash back to the '60s, he talks about um, a bunch of kids, particularly these three kids that are call themselves a Tinder trio. Um, and these kids kind of like get into trouble. Um, they like hijack a gas truck and take the guy's money. Um, and basically, where they live is like very economically disadvantaged. Um, and so the kids are just like doing whatever to get money. Um, where
0: is this movie set
1: oh yeah, it's so set in brazil in the city of god <laughs> which is like i don't understand like is that rio or is it not rio
0: um the city of god is a neighborhood in rio
1: okay got you clarified things um so yeah so one of these guys who are part of the tender trio is rocket's brother um and they're all just kind of like doing their own like these three Guys are doing their own thing, but will, like, come together to decide, like, oh, should we go, like, rob this place? Should we do this? Like, what should we do? Um, At some point, there is a little kid who kind of joins in with them, and his name is Little Dice. Um, And he ends up having these, like, he's kind of like, he becomes kind of like a mastermind. Like, he's like, I have a good, I- like, I have good ideas. You all don't really know what you're doing. Let's, like, listen to me. Um, and so he comes up with the idea to rob, um, the people at this motel. So they're like, okay, but you're going to sit out here. We're going to do all of it. Like we're not, we don't have any plans to kill anybody. We're just going to get in, take their stuff and get out. So um,
0: they, they tell little dice to, to sit yeah, outside. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so they go in, they do exactly that. They take everyone's stuff, and they get out. They don't hurt anyone or anything. And as they're getting out, the cops were called, so the cops are coming. Um, and two of them are like, "We'll go get the car." This o- the other guy will go get little dice. Little dice is gone, and so um, they think that the cops got him. Um, and so they leave and basically go into hiding because now the cops are like all around, everywhere, like just really surveilling the neighborhood. Um, and so they've been kind of in hiding for quite some time. I think it was like a few months. It
0: was that, like three months, yeah. yeah.
1: that they were just kind of like not doing anything, just like hide Well, I won't say not doing anything. One guy ends up getting in trouble with his dad, and so he starts working with his dad. The other guy... Um, what's the one? You not know, the one with the girl. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go join church. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just... Like, that's it. He just, like, joins the church, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then another guy is like hanging out with this girl um, and they decide like, let's get out of here. Let's leave. Um, well, I mean, at the end of that, um, the guy who was going to leave with his girlfriend is trying to leave, but um, gets killed by the police. Um, and they realize, and then another guy realizes that Lil Dice is, um, wasn't actually taken by the police he's alive and thriving
0: <laughs> yeah so that that guy um what was his name again was it shaggy no i um, think shaggy was the one that turned to church
1: oh i don't remember yeah <laughs> so there's a well lot of names. so yeah there
0: was a lot of names but one of the guys in the tender trio what is rocket the narrator's older brother that's what i said right and oh. <laughs> he's the one that um
1: found little dice
0: yeah, he's the one that finds little dice because he he finds little dice because he is running away from the cops because he uh, like slept with this other guy's mm. wife. Yeah, and that other guy's all mad and they're sending the police after him. Um, and yeah, and while he's running away, he bumps into little dice and he's like, "What the heck? You're what alive. are you? Your life? Yeah, <laughs> you're and you've win. got you got money and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you're like hanging out. Yeah, yeah."
1: Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of, like, sums up the flashback. So it jumps back to the 70s. Uh, oh, wait, didn't his brother... Oh, Lil' that's Dice... Later. That's oh, later. Okay, 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 Well, that's...
0: It, I don't know how you are planning on telling the story. Are you telling it exactly as the movie presents it, or are you telling just the events as they happen? Because I'm there's doing stuff the with... I'm
1: events as it happens.
0: Okay, because there's all the stuff with Lil' Dice that you have not talked about. So I'm wondering if you are oh, intentionally skipping yeah. over Little Dice's no. so what I, parts yeah. or if you're yeah. going to talk about those later when the movie introduces No, I forgot parts. about those parts. Okay. So
1: Little Dice, we learn uh, when, when they had robbed the motel and the three guys left, he went inside and he murdered everybody. And basically they were describing Little Dice as like, he just loves, like he's just thriving off of killing people like he has like no moral compass he just does whatever like he's just vicious basically yeah um and at what point does he at what point does he um kill rocket's brother
0: when when rocket's brother is running away from the police right yeah and he bumps into little dice yeah Lil' Dice kills him right then and there. Okay. Yeah. That's what
1: I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, then that happens. Um, He kills Rocket's brother. So, jump to... That's all I'm going to really give about Lil' Dice when he's a child. Jump to...
0: That's all there is. Yeah.
1: The 70s. Um, And, basically, Lil' Dice has now become Lil' Zay. Um, I'm going to just refer to him as Zay as we talk, because it's just easier to say. And oh, I think they call I, him Zay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I wrote Lil' Z. In my head, it was Lil Z, but it is Lil Zay. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Lil Um, Lil Zay, it is.
1: Yeah. Um, So Lil Dice has now become Lil Zay, and basically, he decides with his friend Benny um, to take over the drug business, and so he uh, takes over this like what he calls the what's called the apartment. where there's like a whole history to this apartment and like people who have been tenants of that apartment have been like dealing drugs. And so he takes it over with Benny and they basically start this successful uh, business. And the reason why they're so successful is because they basically eliminated all the competitors um, that have been selling drugs aside from this one guy named Carrot. And the reason why they didn't eliminate him is because Benny's really good friends with him um, and was like, just let him do his thing. Like he'll run this area, we'll run this area, and it'll all be fine. Um, but what they do is, uh, Lil Zay is like, there's a kid named Blackie who worked for Carrot, and so he forces Blackie to work for him instead. And so yeah, so now they have it's like two two people who are like kind of running the drug business within the neighborhood within the uh, town. Carr- or the community.
0: Carrot and Lil's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot to follow.
1: Yes. And meanwhile, while all this is going on, Rocket is like hanging out with this, they call them like the Groovies or something like that. Like the Groovy crowd. It's, you know, it's the 70s. Yeah, it's like every,
0: every group in this movie seems to have a label on, on <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just remember
1: them, them. they kept referring to him as like Groovy and I was like,
0: that's cute. <laughs> it's like some kids like to hang out at the beach and smoke weed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, like, I had to look up a synopsis because I didn't actually take notes during the movie because there's, like, so much was happening and I didn't want to, like, look away to write notes. And um, I think the, like, I, the synopsis on Wikipedia just called them hippies.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like,
1: I guess that makes sense.
0: There is there is a lot of, like, it, this movie's subtitled because it's in Portuguese, um, and Basically, anything that is a name was like translated to mm-hmm. something that does not always directly translate. Yeah. Um, for what we were reading, yeah. So, um, yeah, th- they could have been calling them the Groovies in the subtitles, but in the context of the actual Portuguese language, it could. Mm-hmm. They just could have just been calling them hippies.
1: Yeah. Um. So, an important thing to note, and this will come up again later. Um. There are these little kids that they're calling the runts. Um, And these kids are like robbing a bunch of places. And little Zay has basically gone to a point where... There's no, like, he's running his business, but there's no, like, police kind of, like, surveilling things. Like, he's been able to do it without drawing the attention of the police. But because these kids are, like, robbing the, like, stores and things, it's bringing police in, and that's not good for business.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like they're allowed to sell their drugs, and they pay off the police. Yeah. So the police are happy. But then when kids are getting, you know, are not obeying the law of the land... um, The law of the land not being the actual law but like the drug dealing etiquette i guess um then it becomes a problem for the police yeah
1: yeah um so keep that in mind that'll be important later um while as we're following rocket's kind of story rocket is trying to pursue pursue photography um, and he's working at a supermarket to save up some money for a camera The rents happen to rob that supermarket, and the owner thinks, because um, Rocket is from the same neighborhood, he's like, you all, like, you set this up, so I'm firing you. So he loses his job. This causes him to, like, be like, what the heck? Like, I try and do good, and it gets me into this situation. Like, maybe I should try and do bad, (laughs) and maybe I'll be more successful. Um, But, you know, he's very kind-hearted. He can't go through with it. Um, he tries to rob this guy who works on the bus named Ned, and they refer to him as knockout Ned. Um, but he can't do it because he's like, he's a cool dude. I don't want I don't want to do anything to him. So he doesn't. Um, and I I'm mentioning him knockout Ned specifically because he will also come back later. so put a pin in that. Um but Rocket also tries to do that with other people, um, but just like can't go through with it. And then it's like, whatever, I give up. Um, so, Going back, I know I'm flip-flopping a lot, (laughs) but that's kind of what the movie does. Um, So now, put Rocket aside. Meanwhile, Benny, who again, is really good friends with Zay, and...
0: um, We're doing the Benny part now?
1: Well, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, no. I'm Um, excited.
1: Yeah, so Benny is really good friends with Zay um, and has been, like, doing this whole drug business alongside him the whole time. Um, And Benny decides he... Decides to become friends with like this like hippie group that Rocket's a part of, Um, and so he does, and he really enjoys hanging out with them. He like has one of the guys, um, like buy him uh, this. One of the guys always comes to him for like drugs, and so he has him buy. uh, Benny has the guy dry him, uh, buy him (laughs) clothes.
0: (laughs) There's a guy named Tiago, yeah, and Benny asks him to buy him clothes.
1: Yes um and so yeah so he just like becomes he basically becomes friends with everybody everyone loves Benny
0: yeah um he dresses and, awesome he's got a cool yeah. attitude
1: yeah so yeah he's just cool he's with just everybody fun. and he's not as like harsh as Zay is um he's like there's no need to like terrorize people like just tell him don't mess up and then let him go you know um and so he becomes really close with a girl named Angelica um, who Rocket had a crush on, but like that didn't work out <laughs> because she liked Benny. Um,
0: I mean, who who wouldn't? Yeah. he's a cutie.
1: <laughs> um, and so he comes really close to her and he decides that he's done with this whole drug business. He wants to get out and just live his life with Angelica. He's in love, you know? And so that's what they decide to do. And, they host a farewell party for Benny, or Benny gets a farewell party, and it's this huge party with, like, everybody. you got people who are in this, like, hippie crowd. You've got, like, the drug dealers or whatever. You have, like, people from churches, and Benny's going to them being like, I'm going to go to church. I promise. I'm going to go to church, Um, and it's just, like, everyone loves Benny, and they're all here to celebrate him and send him on a farewell. Um, Well, you clearly see Zay struggling with this because, one, this is his best friend. Uh, two, he really doesn't, like, have anyone else in his life. Like, Benny's all he has. Um, and so he's just really torn up about it. Things are changing, and he's not happy about it. He had these dreams of, you know, like, expanding, I guess, the drug business and, like, you know, s- ruling over the neighborhood with Benny. And now Benny's telling him that, like, there's more to life than this, and he doesn't want to be a part of it. Like, it's, like, really challenging, Zay. And so he's kind of just, like, struggling during this party. Like, he's just kind of off to himself. He asks a girl to dance. She says no um, because she's with someone who happens to be knockout Ned. Um, and so, like, he just got shut down by this girl. He, like, is looking at his friend. His friend's, like, socializing with a, with a girl. Um, and he's like, let's talk. Like, why are you leaving? All this stuff. And Benny's like... I'm living life, like I'm moving on, like I'm growing up. Um, And so, yeah, he's just like really torn up about it. And so he starts to just like for no, like unpromptedly, I mean, I guess it's because the girl turned him down, but he like goes to her boyfriend, which is again, knockout Ned that we, that I mentioned earlier and just like terrorizes him. He's like stripped down, take off your clothes, like just basically trying to humiliate him and as he's doing this he turns and he sees benny hugging rocket and gifting rocket a camera Um, and this makes him jealous and so he runs over there and he just starts like he snatches the camera away from rocket um, and is like this is mine i'm taking this and then just starts a fight with benny because benny's like what are you doing like why are you being such a jerk and so they're in the midst of a fight and while this is happening Blackie who if you remember was working for Carrot but Zay forced him to work for him um, had this idea to kill Zay at this party and so he's setting up to kill Zay but because Benny and Zay are fighting and they're like moving around all everywhere when he shoots he accidentally kills Benny and so yeah so everyone screams clears out Um, Zay is like, oh my gosh, Angelica's crying over Benny. And Zay's like, this is your fault. Like, go away. So she like runs off. And so Zay is like now out for revenge. Um, And so him and his guys um, go to find Carrot because they're like, Carrot's behind this. Um, And so as they're going to find Carrot, they run into Knockout Ned again with his girlfriend, um, and they base they like do very terrible things to both of them, um, and then uh, kill some of Knockout Ned's family members. And so Knockout Ned is like, all right, I'm out for revenge now. He's like done all these things to me. Um, I'm gonna team up with Carrot. So Knockout Ned and Carrot are now a team. Meanwhile. Blackie had gone back to Carrot and was like, I was trying to kill Zay. I accidentally killed Benny. But, like, we need to go and get Zay. And Carrot kills Blackie because he's like, you just started a war. Like, this is terrible. Um, so he just, yeah. And also, Benny was his friend. Yeah. Um, he's
0: like, you just killed the coolest person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So now you have this, like, war. And it's Zay between knockout ned and carrot um and both of them like recruit people to like be a part of this war it's like they literally recruit like soldiers um and so yeah it starts this whole big war and they're just fighting each other and this lasts for like a year um so going back to rocket really quickly at this point, Rocket um, gets, like, an internship or something at a newspaper.
0: He doesn't get an internship, but he um, he gets to know one of the guys that lives in his neighborhood works at the newspaper, so he hangs out there a lot. Mm. And um, he needs to get, he ends up getting, well, yeah, he ends up taking some yeah, pictures. Yeah, wait, I'm getting to that. All right, so he does not have an internship. He doesn't get an internship until the, the end, end of the month. Yeah, I
1: couldn't remember, like, why he was at the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he,
0: he knows somebody that works there, and he likes pictures.
1: Yeah. Um, so he... Um, yeah, he ends up hanging... He's, like, hanging out at this uh, newspaper. Well, um, at some point... Ned, like knockout Ned during this war gets shot and gets interviewed um, by the like media like TV and he's giving his like story of like what's going on in the neighborhood Um, and Zay sees this interview and gets super jealous Um, and so he runs into Rocket and he gives Rocket the camera back that Benny wanted him to have and it's like take our picture so um rocket takes their picture and he's like okay let us see the pictures and he's like well it's film i gotta like get them developed and so he's like okay get them developed and bring them back so rocket's like okay cool so rocket goes to hang out at this newspaper and asks can you develop these pictures for me and they're like yes um they develop the pictures and this woman who works for the newspaper sees the picture of zay and his crew with like holding their guns And it ends up getting published on the front page of the newspaper. And so
0: Unbeknownst to Rocket. Yeah,
1: he didn't know. And so Rocket sees this on the newspaper and freaks out. He's like, Oh my gosh, they're gonna kill me. Like, and so he goes to the woman and he's like, You stole my pictures, you stole my pictures, like now they're gonna kill me. Like, what did you do? And she's like, Calm down, calm down, calm down. Like you get paid for this, this could be your job. Like you take pictures when they end up in the newspaper, you make money um and they basically convince rocket like can you go back like because he tells them oh i live here and so he's like i can't go back home now like because i'm gonna get killed if i go back home and so they're like well you know if you can like we want you to take more pictures of what's going on in the neighborhood so that we can publish it you'll get money for it like we can find you like we can have have you stay with like the woman um And yeah like we just want pictures and like this will be this could be the start of your career basically and so he's like oh okay and so um he goes back to the neighborhood now he's on a mission to take these pictures they set him up with a nicer camera and when he goes back he runs into say and his crew um and zay was actually really excited that they had ended up on the front page of the newspaper um mr rocket's like oh and they ask him to take their picture again. So as he's about to take this picture, um, and I'm skipping over, I'm skipping over some details. But as, as, am like, oh,
0: are we there already?
1: Yeah. As I'm skipping over a lot of details, but I don't want to like talk for forever. So as he's set, taking these pictures, carrot and knockout Ned pop up with their crew and start shooting. So it's a big shootout. Um, Rocket manages to get like behind some like a wall or whatever and he's taking pictures of the whole thing and so they're just shooting left and right left and right um knockout Ned ends up getting shot Zay and Tiago uh were trying to like get away in this truck um but it ends up crashing killing Tiago um but Zay was still alive the police come they arrest both Kara and Zay Um, and Rocket is following the whole thing. So he's, like, following wherever, like, Zay goes, and so he sees Zay with the police, um, and the police, because they have been bribed by Zay, just, like, kind of let him go. Um, But as soon as they let him go and they walk off, the runts come in and they kill him. Um, And so, yeah, so, and Rocket captured... All of this on camera. And so um, basically, what the movie ends with is uh, Rocket has the choice to either publish the like pictures that showcase the cops, like the corruption of the cops, um, or this picture of Zay dead. Um, He chooses to publish the picture of Zay dead um, in order to avoid any kind of like backlash from posting the corruption of the cops, um, and also this secures him a job. He ends up getting an internship at the newspaper. Um, And then at the very end after this, we see the runts walking, and they're basically talking about all the people that they want to kill and, like, taking over now that, you know, these big people are gone. Um, And so that's pretty much the end of the movie. Um, Overall... It was a very good movie. Um, It was a lot. (laughs) A lot to just like... I told you. Yeah, to take in. I mean, it wasn't like... There were only really two parts that were really hard for me to watch. The rest, it's like, okay, this is like, honestly, kind of like your typical,
0: like... Typical? What's that about?
1: Yeah, like, it's like, I mean, it's kind of your typical, like... What's the like I don't want to like I want to use a good term That's not like Weird
0: Mm-hmm
1: Like a It's like a typical story About like People trying to live In like poverty Like people Like gangs right. like, You know Right um, Like it's like If it's still The same kind of things That you see in those In like movies That are portraying that Um. But yeah But there were two Specific parts That were just like A little too A Too, bit uh, more too much Yeah Too yeah. much for me Yeah um and just like weren't fun. Um but what I do think makes this stand out from like other movies that like are portraying gangs and things like that um is like rocket's aspect of it. Um and I don't know, I feel like just the way the storytelling was done, the way it was filmed, yeah. like the cinematography of it it's- is very different than what you typically see. Um
0: Yeah, the the, the writing, directing, cinematography, and editing yeah. are all really, really, really well done. I mean, yeah. the, the way that, like, when when Rocket very first goes to the apartment to, mm-hmm. like, buy a joint for Angelica? Was that her name? Mm-hmm. when he, he, like, goes to the apartment to buy a joint um, for Angelica, and then, like, while he's there, Lil Z walks in, and it... And that's when Lil Z takes over the apartment. But, like, when Rocket, we get the perspective of like Rocket coming into the apartment. Then we get the story of the apartment. And then it like shows like just the history of the people who've been in the apartment. And then it all leads up to that part where Lil Z then walks in to take over the apartment. But then we get the whole background of Lil Z and like everything that he was doing when he was younger as Lil Dice, like filling in the gaps of his story. In the flashback parts um, and then all of that leading up to him walking into the apartment and taking over the apartment so it, like it plays out that scene like three times and it shoots it from like multiple different perspectives like from like the back wall of the apartment to all the way to like behind Lil Z's back when he walks into the apartment and like I was I, I paid a lot of attention to that because I, I was really impressed by it. yeah how they how they wove all of this stuff together in mm-hmm. such a way that it's like, oh, this person, well, they just did this thing because remember back in that scene earlier, mm-hmm. that happened and they were there and it's like, you didn't notice it, but they actually were there. Um, none of this like retconning, putting Jason Momoa in Fast Five in the new Fast and Furious trailer. Not, nothing like that. It's like, oh, that character was legitimately like there you just didn't notice but if you were paying attention you would have noticed mm-hmm. um so that that aspect of it is just like it's ex- such a dense movie mm-hmm. um there are so many stories happening simultaneously within you know the overarching story which uh, I I was kind of blown away by it
1: mm-hmm. yeah um the action scenes reminds me of like Romeo plus Juliet like the way and like the feel of it
0: um mm, interesting yeah
1: i don't know i feel like there's a few parallels there um which made it a very captivating movie um just like visually but the,
0: the Baz Luhrmann Romeo Juliet movie
1: i don't know who's that
0: is that with the Ro- Leonardo the one with DiCaprio Leonardo, yeah. yeah my <laughs> bad, <It's> my bad. <laughs>
1: um so yeah so yeah overall I mean I enjoyed this movie will I watch it again probably not (laughs) just because it's a lot it's a lot to digest um but yeah I don't know I think I mean I think it's a good movie
0: yeah the um I am sorry like I forgot like I knew like I knew this was gonna be a lot Mm -hmm. um and the things that I remembered where like before we started watching I was like oh like I just remember some stuff that like happens in this movie um, weren't even the two things that you were talking about yeah. like I was thinking about like when little dice like went into the motel and like murdered everybody and I was just like dang like that's I remembered that but then these other things happened and I'm watching this I'm like Oh my God. Um,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I was not prepared for that at all.
1: Well, I feel like as a culture, we're now like so desensitized to that. Like, like the motel scene. It's like, that's a Quinn Tarantino movie right there, you know? Like it's like, so it's like, that's whatever. But when you have like, there's something that happens to two children and then there's something that, and like they're very, very young children and then something that happens to a woman and like, that's really hard to watch, yeah. <laughs> and it's like that's just you just don't you don't want to you don't want to look at it. Yeah, like I like I closed my eyes because I just like could not look at it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. The um, gosh, what I was gonna what I was gonna say? I found an, a note in the making of the movie where they said they didn't want to like sensationalize the violence. They didn't want to glorify it. Like you say, a Quentin Tarantino movie. Quentin Tarantino would glorify the violence. Mm -hmm. In this case, they kind of... Any, like, shooting or, you know, like, violence from shooting a gun was usually depicted, like, off screen or, like, it was never depicted to be Mm -hmm. extremely gruesome. Um, It was depicted in a bit more of, like, a casual, like, this happens all the time sort of way. Um, Like, people would get shot, and they'd go, oh, and, like, that's how you know they got shot. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't do, you know, like the crazy sensationalized stuff like a mm-hmm. quentin tarantino movie would
1: yeah i think another interesting thing about this movie is like it really makes you like try to understand every character like i don't know but maybe it's just like my perspective of watching it like at the end of the day these are people who are just trying to survive and like not to like condone anything that they do they shouldn't be killing anyone right but like especially when it comes to like there's a lot of like young kids who are like involved in a lot of these things and it's like you feel bad because you're like they're literally trying to survive what
0: they're grown up into? yeah
1: and you think about um there's this one kid in particular who ends up joining zay does he join zay or carrot he ends up joining zay i believe
0: well he Um, like are you talking about the kid with the dad
1: no oh uh no. I'm Are you talking
0: about steak and fries? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, he ends up joining them, and he was a part of this really terrible thing that I did not want to watch. But it's like, even though he did this really bad thing, I was like, oh my gosh. Like He's just like, it's either kill or be killed, you know? Like, yeah. So it's like, what do you do? If, especially as a child, how do you handle that situation? There's like no right way to handle that situation. And I like that the movie like, gets that message across of like this child had literally no choice and it's like i cannot sit here and say that this is a terrible child because it's like well Well, i think the only
0: the only character that i feel like i can look at and say they are terrible is lil zay's character i mean he like Yes, this is the environment that he was growing up into, but he was obviously, like, when you look at the dichotomy between him and Benny, mm-hmm. Benny is living the same life that he is, but Benny yeah. is taking things in stride and being a little bit more, like, we don't have to take everything so seriously. And Lil yeah. Zay is choosing to take everything yeah. into this, like, power dynamic where he has to be in control of other people.
1: Yeah, for sure. No. I'm not saying that I looked at Lil Zay and was like, "Oh, No, <laughs> so yeah. I was he's, like, he's, n- he's doing a lot. <laughs> he's a very
0: unsympathetic character.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I do like that the movie ends with, uh, like the story ends with uh, the runts getting to take revenge on him. Like like Lil Zay's, it's it's almost kind of like the, the bad guy dies at the end of the movie. Um Yeah,
1: but there's something, like, really unsettling because it's like the cycle will just continue. Well,
0: that's also part of the message, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, on that note, um, I mean, the movie is based on real events. Um, It's not, like, totally one-to-one accurate, but, like, there was a pretty crazy drug war happening in the City of God in the 70s. um, And the the kids the runts um as they're called in the movie the as you pointed out like at the end of the movie they are talking about like oh let's make a list of people that we're going to kill um and i can't find my note on this um da, 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 da. sorry um Well, okay, I can't find it. It's in here, somewhere. I guess not. Um, Yeah, they were making a list of people that they were going to kill, and um, those kids actually ended up like. Oh, I found it. Um, Those kids, the like in real life, grew up to become like the Commando uh, Vermelho, um, which is like one of the most notorious gangs in Rio and they're known to like have a death list. So um, them at the end, like saying all that stuff, like, oh, let's you know, let's create a list of people we're gonna kill. It's on the one hand saying like, yeah, the the cycle is not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like these kids who were here for all of this are going to carry it forward. Um, but then it's also making reference to the fact that like, if you are Brazilian and you live in Rio, potentially you know like you probably know who these kids grew up to be Mm -hmm. um which makes it even kind of wilder
1: yeah scary
0: yeah um on the note of the movie being based on real events so the movie's based on a book uh called uh see oh gosh did you write this down no, I, didn't I didn't
1: take that. notes on your movie <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right it's based on a book um i believe it was it's, it's the portuguese title so it's like c cidades de deus "Cidade de deus um but it's you know city of god in portuguese um and the uh, the character of rocket is based on the guy like the guy who wrote the book um he's a composite of the guy that wrote the book in his experience and one of his, like, real-life friends growing up who wanted to become a photographer. Um, So... And his friend
1: lived in City of God?
0: I'm assuming so. They grew up there. Um, All right. uh, Do you like me to go through all my notes? Um, Okay, so this movie got four Oscar nominations. came out in 2002. Um... And I kind of pointed all these things out earlier. It got nominated for Best Director, Best Writing, Adapted Screenplay, uh, Best Cinematography, and Best Editing. It was the only movie to get nominated for Best Director that year that did not get a nomination for Best Picture. Um, And part of me feels like that had to do with it being a foreign film. Like, I almost can't imagine this not being nominated for Best Picture. Like, that is wild to me. Um, but it's the first Brazilian movie to receive more than two nominations at the Oscars um, on the IMDB top 250 movies list it sits at number 24 which is high That's very it's very good um last time I said a movie was like 167 and you were like that's well that's really significantly
1: low. lower than 25 24 right.
0: but in the pantheon of movies 167 is pretty good you know like there's a there's a book i forgot who wrote it um it's called like 1001 movies to watch before you die
1: i've seen that yeah this book my friend used to have that book and i would always look at it it's
0: like 1001 movies that are like yeah you should watch these to be like 167
1: okay 167 out of 1001 yes that's fantastic 167 (laughs) out of 250 it's 167
0: out of 250 but to even it's 250 out of
1: every movie ever (laughs) I stand by what I said. It's
0: 167 out of every movie. Anyway, so this is number 24 out of every movie on IMDb as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, It was directed by Fernando Marais and Katia Lund. Um, They they co-directed the movie together. Uh, Fernando went on to direct The Constant Gardener and The Two Popes. Um, they also made a TV show called City of Men with many of the same actors I saw that. shortly after release. And then a film called City of Men based on the show was made in 2007, but done by a different uh, film team. Um, so many of the actors who were in this movie were from the City of God neighborhood in Rio de Janeiro, including the actors that played Rocket and Lil Zay. Um, And Lil Zay had no intention of actually becoming an actor, he just uh, attended the audition to keep his friend company, who was attending the audition, and he ended up getting the part. Um, There's a scene in this movie where Rocket has to stay with the woman from the newspaper because he can't go back home, because he's worried about uh, Lil Zay being upset with him that his picture's on the front of the newspaper. Um... So there's a, a moment where he is talking to that woman, where he's talking about how he's never taken a hot bath before. Um, and that was actually like a real soundbite from a real conversation that the actors were having between themselves. He was talking to her about his life, and the director just happened to have recorded it, so he included it in the movie. Um, and also in the movie, they, uh, before... Before the before the gangs kind of have like their big confrontation, um, well, actually, there's there's another confrontation that happens earlier. But in the movie, like, there's a sequence where they pray before they go to war, and that was not originally going to be in the movie. But one of the kids who was you know acting and like who used to be in a real gang um, said like they always used to pray before they would go confront their enemies. Um, So they put that in the movie to make it feel like their goal when making this movie was to make it feel as authentic as possible. And part of the reason why they um, casted actors who came from um, like the real life neighborhood was that uh, the director said that there just were not a lot of like professional black actors available in Brazil. Um, he said like at that time, if he had put out a casting call for that, he would have gotten maybe like five people. Um, so that's why they, you know, they hired people like from the neighborhood, um, and could like provide their experience to the depiction of the story of the movie. Um, okay. What else do we have? As for the actual like filming of the movie it was not filmed in the city of God it was filmed it was filmed in Rio but it was filmed in like a, an adjacent neighborhood because it actually would have been too dangerous to film in the city of God um and da, 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 apparently the director said that if he knew the dangers of filming in a Rio favela going into filming he wouldn't have made the movie which I don't know um Apparently, I also did read that they shot a short film in uh, Rio Favela kind of as like a test to see how well it would work. If they could then, like they were still working on the pieces of City of God. So they, they wanted to see like, can we sh- film the short film? Can If that goes successful, then we can film this feature film. And also, when they were filming local... Um, Local like crime lords wouldn't allow them to bring in their own security. Uh, so they had to hire local security guards instead uh, when they were filming the movie. Um, all right, what else do I have in here? Uh, oh yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so like once once filming the movie was actually done, a lot of the actors actually like they could not return; <clears throat> they could not return to their lives in the favelas um, because now they were just in this movie, and like it would have been it would have been bad for them. Um, so, help groups were actually set up to give those actors a more promising future. Um, and I feel like part of that part of the involvement with that was the filming of this City of Men TV show because they reused so many of the same actors. Um. alright last last few bits I have here both actors that played Rocket and Lil Zay were given the option of either $3,000 up front or 1% of the box office earnings and they didn't know that the movie was going to be successful or not so they took the $3,000 up front instead but if they had taken the percentage they would have made closer to like 25 times that much uh. yeah So if I've learned anything from any time I've ever heard about an actor making any percentage of a box office um, is to take that deal. Like if you are if you are an actor and you're listening to this right now and you are ever offered a percentage, take it because that's where the money is.
1: I mean, I get why they wouldn't take it. Like it makes so much sense why they wouldn't take it because it's like, especially if you don't. Yeah, especially if you don't have much to start with it's like any money is better than no money you know um but it's just it's like why is that a thing like why wouldn't they just guarantee that they give them one percent right like that's the frustrating part it's like are they just trying to get over on people because they're like well they're probably just gonna take three thousand and that saves us money
0: right i don't know
1: like why is that an option
0: i i don't know I hate that. Yeah. No, 100%. I hate, like, yes. Moral of the story is take the money with the percentage, though. For any aspiring actors. Mm. Yeah. Um, All right. Two more things. The American version of the DVD cover is the group photo um, of them all standing uh holding their guns um, but they took out all of the guns for the American DVD cover it's just all of them standing not holding any guns um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought I that was withhold my thought I, I thought that was a little sus but uh, how ironic yeah
1: yeah <laughs> If you, for those not watching, I just rolled my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: all right. Last thing I have is that the final shots, uh, the final shots where Rocket is, uh, he's taking pictures of like the police interacting with Lil Zay, and then the Runt's killing Lil Zay. Um, that sequence is kind of filmed subjectively from his perspective, um, and for that sequence, they actually did they taught. Uh, Rockets actor how to handle the camera Um, and he's the one that actually shot that sequence Mm. Um, and I I wasn't sure if you touched on this but like there's a guy there's a guy like that just kind of quickly going back in the story and and talking about like kind of I guess the the themes at play here Um, there's a guy who is like selling Guns to Lil Zay's uh, crew and um like when Lil Zay basically like takes that like he keeps his money he takes that guy's guns then that guy goes back to his supplier and it turns out that guy's supplier is the police and the like it's basically getting at like the police are they basically are funding uh, this drug war which is like crazy um
1: not surprising (laughs) at all
0: (laughs) but anyway yeah it it all it all just really like highlights like i there's so much just like about a part of the world that i learned from watching this movie the first time Mm -hmm. that i just never i was completely ignorant to Mm -hmm. um going in and it's also really well shot and there's a lot going on and it's extremely well written and it's a very dense movie and it feels like you're never bored. There's always something happening. Um, it's a very full two hours and ten minutes or however, however long it was. Mm-hmm. And that's why I picked it. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Any final thoughts?
1: No. I think I gave them all. All right. Yeah,
0: you'll never watch it again. I don't think so. Yeah,
1: Uh, yeah. I wouldn't anticipate a reason why. I don't anticipate myself being like I'm in the mood to watch City of God. You know, like it's not like a. This is. Yeah,
0: this is one of those movies that you watch because it's like it can teach you something. It's also like if you know anything about film, like there's just a lot that's really well done. Um it's yeah, it's one of those critically acclaimed movies that like yeah, maybe you don't need to see again, like Requiem for a Dream or something like that. Um though I would much rather rewatch this than Requiem for a Dream probably. Have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Nope. Well, we are not going to I don't it is not on my plan <laughs> to ever sign cuz it's just a dreary movie. Mm. Um anyway, Them's my thoughts. Nice. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, fill the space. Will you take a sweet water? Oh. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, all right. I have like no water, so.
1: Yes, I'm at mine if
0: you need it. Okay. Thank you, honey. All right, let's see how this goes. So I was assigned this week a movie called The Wiz. Um, it came out in 1978. It stars uh, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, some other actors whose names, unfortunately, I do not know, and Richard Pryor. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) And what The Wiz is, is basically a telling of the story of The Wizard of Oz, um, but it takes place in a city setting and... Um, stars a predominantly black cast and focuses on a lot more of like Black American culture and weaving elements of that into the story of the Wizard of Oz. Um, I believe it was a stage play before the movie. It was, yeah. So it's basically, yeah, it's a, it's a movie version of a stage play that um already existed called the wiz
1: i this is such a side note that's irrelevant but anytime i hear the wiz i think of the proud family like wizard kelly <laughs> and i'm like it's wizard kelly y'all
0: <laughs> i uh i've seen the proud family a bit i did not get that reference at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh
1: he was like he was this man that you never saw his face uh, Yeah. okay okay and like you would only see him like spin this like basketball all the time and he was just this, like, rich, powerful man.
0: <laughs> Interesting.
1: So I'm, it probably was, like, a reference to The Wiz.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I don't, where do I even go from there? Uh, like, if you don't know the story of The Wizard of Oz, um, Diana Ross plays Dorothy, and her whole family comes over for dinner and um, her, they're all just like eating together and afterwards she's like cleaning up and she works for a kindergarten um, as a teacher and I think her aunt is like, you know, there's more to life than being a kindergarten teacher. You should be teaching older kids and like you've never even been south of 125th Street, um, which is when I wrote down, is 125th Street the rainbow in question? For the wizard of oz not it's that's not necessarily clear but that kind of feels like how it's referenced um
1: this made me realize how much i how little i remember about like the wizard of oz i was like like you were like oh is this supposed to be this i'm like
0: i don't know <laughs> so I, I've, I've, for context i have seen the wizard of oz tons of times mm-hmm. it's probably one of the first the movies. judy garland version yes yeah. the judy garland version it's one of the first movies i think i've ever seen um i would watch it we had it on vhs i would watch it every time i was like staying home from school because i was sick um sometimes me and my like my mom would put on a movie for my friends and I before we would like to like fall asleep to during our sleepovers the Wizard of Oz being one of them one time um in like second or third grade and uh I also was in a Wizard of Oz play in second grade where I played the Cowardly Lion so wow this uh and I'm wearing this like mustard yellow shirt right now which uh was not intentional but I like that I did um, and so I've seen The Wizard of Oz tons of times it is burned into my memory I actually can't remember the last time I act I've even seen it but it is just there all every it's very short every single part of it is just like seared into my brain mm-hmm. um, so you know every aspect of it in this movie, um, I could easily see, like, the parallel. It was, it's, like, watching this movie was a constant comparison of just scenes, characters, Mm -hmm. uh, the whole everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Dorothy, Dorothy's, like, cleaning up, and she has a dog named Toto, and Toto runs off, and she goes to get him outside on the street, and there's this blizzard that is just going hard um (laughs) like like a a snow tornado it's
1: like literally just like pounding her with snow and i'm like oh my gosh like how did they do that on the set (laughs) yeah
0: there's like this crazy special effect of a tornado that um a blizzard tornado a blizzard tornado that (laughs) like i hate i hate to say this but the original wizard of oz the vfx that they had going on for their tornado was better than this. Because, um, <laughs>
1: like, what the heck is a blizzard tornado? Like, that yeah. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. The
0: way they did the tornado in the with the original Wizard of Oz was in a VFX Artists React episode. And mm-hmm. it was very, like, oh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't explain it, but it's pretty neat. Look it, look it up. Um, I
1: wonder what the budget for the Judy Garland version was.
0: I mean, it was made in the 30s, so no budget you give me is going to feel translatable or relevant um mm-hmm. but i imagine it was one of the biggest movies at the time because it has this famous scene where it transitions from black and white mm-hmm. to full in color motion picture technicolor yada yada mm-hmm. um which is uh yeah i i remember that blowing my mind when i was a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> um so Yeah, Toto runs off. Dorothy goes to get her. Um, she gets swept up by the uh sudden blizzard tornado, mm-hmm. and then she like falls through a thing. I don't even know what that was. Um She like breaks a, a light falling. Yeah. And then the uh That light falls on the Wicked Witch of the East, Mm -hmm. um, which is how it happened. I mean, in the original Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's house gets lifted up and then falls back down. And she went over the rainbow and landed on the Wicked Witch of the East. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like the house landed on the Wicked Witch of the East. And then um, the Wicked Witch of the East had the ruby slippers. And then Dorothy put them on, and then the Wicked Witch of the East like disappears. Well, in this, it's like the silver slippers, and there's she basically lands in like Munchkin Land. Um, do they call it Munchkin Land in the movie?
1: Um, I don't know what they call it. Okay, I, I, I don't remember.
0: But where she lands, like it's still very much like feels like a city, um, and there is this awesome sequence where there's like graffiti on the wall. And there's like, it's in the shapes of like people, but then like people actually come off of the graffiti on the wall, which is like very trippy. And so many parts of this movie are Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. just sheer imagery alone. I am like, dude, um, oh my goodness. Uh, like stuff has been seared into I've got new stuff seared into my brain
1: now. It makes me think of um, who's the artist, oh my gosh, what am I blanking? Who does like the silhouettes in New York um, and we don't know like who he is. Banksy? like Banksy? Banksy. It makes me think of, didn't like, remember when Banksy did like Land and it was like Disneyland but like Oh yeah. Talking had, like, about there's, all there's, the like
0: Everything was basically broken or like.
1: Yeah, everything was like broken but it was also like commentary on like issues in the world like little mermaid was in like pollution like water polluted water or whatever yeah yeah yeah.
0: yeah it kind of
1: yeah. like gives that feel <laughs>
0: yeah totally <laughs> totally um oh okay Wait, so the wicked witch of the east in this is called evamine and miss one who is basically the uh the good witch of the north um thanks her everybody's like all the graffiti people are thanking her like you broke the curse yeah yeah you broke the curse um which in wizard of oz they sing ding dong the witch is dead which old witch the wicked witch ding dong the wicked witch is dead (laughs) um yeah i've got all the songs uh from (laughs) from wizard of oz seared into my brain as well thank you second grade um which uh, Dante, who was on our uh, Old Boy and uh, Fifty Shades of Grey episode, he was the Tin Man in that same play. So there you go. Wow. So, um, all right. At this point in the movie, like, you know, it's still the very start, but um, a lot of songs have already been sang. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. um. I I mean you know I'll 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 go through the rest of the scenes in the movie, but all I will say is that there is a lot of music. Like I want to say three or four times as much music as there is in the original Wizard of Oz. Yeah. In this. Yeah. And the songs are long, long. Oh my god. Very very long. Um. So,
1: which it kind of sucked to go back and watch this because I was like, "Oh my gosh, stop singing!"
0: Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: like I'm not, I I don't care for musicals in general. But I remember watching this as a kid and be like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And then like watching it now, I was like, "Is this movie over?"
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm glad you felt the same way. <laughs> because I going on and on and on. Because my whole thing with this movie was like, as a concept, pretty cool. Uh, art, set design, production design, all of that, the puppeteering, the visual costumes. effects, costumes. Amazing. Super cool. Choreography even, great. Yeah. Um, But these dang songs crop <laughs> up every minute and they last for like six. Yeah. And so because of that, i got i got really bored Mm -hmm. like really really bored Mm -hmm. which was just a shame because there was so much to like Mm -hmm. but i was just like why are we singing right now like dorothy goes she leaves the graffiti area and she eventually ends up at the scarecrow area which in the wizard of oz is just like a transition in this movie it's like she is walking and she is singing like, when am I going to go home? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this doesn't add anything to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is it there?
1: I mean, I'm assuming it's a Motown production. Okay. I'm ass- And also you have these phenomenal like Motown singers. Right. And so I'm assuming they're like, we have these magnificent singers. And Also, this is like what we do. We like Motown's like all about music. So it's like, I'm assuming they were like, throw it all in there. And like a lot of these are from the Broadway play. I don't know how much of it is from the Broadway play, but yeah, I'm assuming they were just like, we'll just pack it with music because like, when do you, when else do you get this opportunity?
0: (sighs) Yeah, like, I mean, I can understand that line of thinking. And then, you know, at that point in time in history, being like, that'll be fine. but in my i guess in my lens of 2023 and like my um my ability to digest a musical mm-hmm. like just 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 doesn't line up um mm-hmm. for me yeah i like i like i really struggled um to get well. through this movie
1: yeah no i agree about after the 10 man i was like bruh.
0: yeah <laughs> actually though um <laughs> I was like, all right i I actually, like, I would love to watch an abridged version of this movie yeah. with just, like, cut out a lot of the songs, make the songs that are there more concise. Yeah. Um, and then leave in everything in between. And it wouldn't be that bad.
1: Yeah, I wish there was more dialogue. I wish they would have cut out, a, yeah, a lot of the songs and just, like, replaced, either replaced it with dialogue or, like, I don't know, just cut out the songs and had yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm saying. Had more dialogue basically. Yeah. Um because I also feel like because all we're getting is singing, you don't form a connection to the the characters. Like right. there's not enough talking for me to be like why should I care about Dorothy? <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Which I don't again, I don't really remember the Judy Garland version very much. I don't remember how much talking there was, but I feel like there was more than
0: yeah. this. Well, so like another thing about the Judy Garland version is that Every time she meets she meets the Scarecrow, she meets the Tin Man, and then they meet the Cowardly Lion. And every single time she meets one of them, each of them sings a song. But each one of them, while singing a different song, all of their songs are the same tune. Mm-hmm. It's like, da 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 And each of their songs are like that. So it like, that tune, that melody, like Mm. sticks with you Mm -hmm. throughout the movie because Mm -hmm. it it repeats. And then every time they walk along the yellow brick road, they're like, follow Follow the the yellow yellow brick brick road. road. Yeah. Follow, follow, follow. Like, we're off to see the wizard, Mm -hmm. the wonderful wizard of Oz. And Mm -hmm. it's like, because they repeat all of that so much, it it sticks with you. Yeah. And the only song, like, the only song that I actually, like, do remember from this one Mm -hmm. is... Their equivalent of like when they're walking down the yellow brick road, mm-hmm. which I, I mean, right now I'm kind of forgetting it's what ease it is. He's on down. He's on down. Yeah, He's on down. He's yeah. on down. And like that's it's awful. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's that's great. Like I just I guess I wish they had done more of that like motif of like kind of keeping the melodies like consistent at yeah. least between some of the songs. Yeah. In this case, it's just like if there was. If there was, like, six songs in Wizard of Oz and three of them were kind of similar, Mm -hmm. um, it's probably more than six songs. Um, Like, in this movie, it's, like, there's 25 songs and all of them are completely different. So, I like, it's just... It's just... It's hard to remember any single one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And Michael Jackson plays the Scarecrow, which... Um, I think like him singing the, the ease on down on the road part kind of helps make that stand out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess in terms of like the plot of this movie, Mm -hmm. like they do, they, like she does meet the scarecrow. She helps him kind of like build up the confidence to get off of his post and tell the crows to buzz off. Mm -hmm. Um, They then like meet the Tin Man. So, like, instead, I actually did really like the concept of like the area in which she finds the Tin Man. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in the original movie, it's like the Tin Man is just like a Tin (laughs) Man. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, where'd he come from? Right. He's just a Tin Man who was like, he had an axe and he was cutting like a tree (laughs) and then he like got rusted and he needs an oil can. Whereas in this, like, The Tin Man, they find him in, like, an abandonment amusement park. Um, Abandonment amusement park. Abandoned. What did I say?
1: Abandonment.
0: (laughs) My bad. An amusement park about abandonment issues. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) For your amusement. Um, They find him in an amusement park that has been abandoned. Um, And I thought that, like, and they, they find, like, other types of, like, I guess puppets, are like tin metal puppets there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's a part where like the tin man is singing and then these like faces on the wall are yeah. like real women and they like open they their eyes like and they start singing. Yeah, yeah they're like wood. Like they like legitimately look like wood. Yeah, And I was like, whoa, also potential nightmare fuel. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Like the whole movie is potential nightmare fuel, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll get into notes about that. <laughs> <laughs> um so like yeah. And like the
1: lion was like in front of a bank, like he was one of the lion posts. He was one of the lion a, like statues
0: and then he like breaks out. Yeah. And, you know, they go to the Emerald City, which is where Oz is, and Oz is gonna help them get home or like it's kind of
1: futuristic too like yeah
0: yeah oz is like a it's like a skyscraper almost yeah and Um, they stay
1: at a motel (laughs) yeah
0: like that sequence the oz i did like that part Mm -hmm. i mean they did that long song about Um, different colors they did like it was three songs they get there and it's like hey you're in oz and they sing about the color green and then oz is like actually uh red's cool now and then everything turns to red and they're like now we're singing about red and then he's like Make it gold and then <laughs> we're singing about gold and it's like why <laughs> no, it's like 20 minutes 30 minutes in and of
1: itself that one song which i like i understood what they're trying to say there but like it didn't need to be that long
0: yeah so you know they meet they meet oz he's like a big robot thing um and he says you know go take out the uh oh gosh what's her name Eveline. Eveline, yes, thank you. Uh, Go take out Eveline, the uh, Wicked Witch of the the West equivalent. And so they go to take her out, and instead of it being like this castle with her flying monkeys, um, she's got a sweatshop, and it's like a whole bunch of people being worked to death. Um, And then she does have flying monkeys, but... They're like... They're like motorcycle monkeys. They're like motorcycle <laughs> mo- monkeys. And the motor... Not gonna lie, those motorcycle monkeys, nightmare fuel. <laughs> I There's a whole sequence where she unleashes the motorcycle monkeys, and they are like... Dorothy and friends are like then on a bridge going up and down ladders and stuff, and the motorcycle monkeys are like these big, like, costumes on motorcycles, like, chasing after them in broad daylight, and it's like that's scary like really scary um so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean i it all ends up with like they get they they grab dorothy and her friends and then they like they saw the scarecrow in half they which i'm like okay he seems like he can come back from that (laughs) um and they lift up the lion by his tail and he's like, ouch. But I'm like, he looks like he can come back from that. Um, and Then they just flatten the Tin Man. Like, his whole metal you body, smush just smush it into one thin layer. And I'm like, he cannot he's come dead. back from that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> they got to reforge the whole body. <laughs> um, and
1: The funny thing is, like, when they, like, fix everybody, like, again... After they defeat her.
0: Yeah. They just go she's like, like
1: she's like, here's a crowbar, fix him. Yeah. <laughs> and then All of a
0: sudden he's it's up like, and dancing. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah.
1: I'm like, that, no, It doesn't work
0: that way. <laughs> right. Um, and like when Dorothy is kind of like faced in this, um, you know, uh, the, the penultimate situation of the movie of like, let's, you know, uh, defeat the bad guy. Um, She's like, what am I gonna do? And like, the queen is like sitting on her throne, like, ha ha, gotcha. And then Dorothy just like turns around. She's like, oh, the fire alarm. Well,
1: the scarecrow tells her, like, pull that.
0: Okay, yes, the scarecrow tells her to pull the (laughs) fire alarm, but the fire alarm is conveniently located. (laughs) right behind her and she pulls the fire alarm and the evil witch starts to melt and she's like my weakness yeah water she's makes like, I'm me i'm allergic melt. to water yeah yeah and i'm like <laughs> why would you put that there if that's your weakness that to me makes like
1: i mean if she if the whole thing city inspired I, yes I under- and she has I understand. a sweatshop
0: I odds are
1: the building's gonna have a fire
0: yeah, I, I understand. It's like she she should have thought that through a little bit. I mean, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West in the original movie does melt from water.
1: Yeah, and like, where'd that water come from?
0: Um, her cauldron. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And
1: <laughs> thank you. But why did she have a cauldron of water if she's allergic to water?
0: Because she's got she's got to brew potions and things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um she's not brewing potions on the fire alarm so anyway I just I would have like if I was her and I knew that there was a fire alarm that could potentially kill me sitting right there in any moment that honestly one of my workers could have pulled if they so much as decided to you know think for themselves um I would have like put an umbrella above my throne or something you know I would have put a covering um she did not think that through in this movie I would say mm. um anyway so that happens and then the monkeys are like let's help Dorothy and friends get back to Oz and we'll let th- we'll let them in the secret way and um they get in and it's like in the original Wizard of Oz they find they go back to Oz and they're like we got her broomstick." Now give us what we want and he's like, eh. But then Toto like pulls back the, cur- the curtain and you see that Oz is just like a guy like pulling knobs and switches and things. Um and it's like, oh, that's a guy. Um whereas in this they just like they just like walk into a warehouse and Richard Pryor's like hey guys, it's me. <laughs> And it's like, wait, what? He catfished him. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like, there was no, there was no, like, oh, it's still Oz, and then it's Richard Pryor. They just, like, walk in. Well, they saw that his
1: big head thing that he was talking to them through
0: at first yeah. is now,
1: like, on the ground, and he was, like, hiding in the bed.
0: Yeah. I guess maybe I just wish they did, like, the the curtain thing. Because the, the whole, like, Toto pulling behind the curtain, it's like... Like, I don't know, we make reference to, like, the man behind the curtain, and Mm -hmm. it's like, that's all just a reference back to the Wizard of Oz, and I don't know, I would have liked for a literal curtain to have (laughs) been there, but anyway. I um, like the difference. uh, Huh?
1: I said, I like the difference.
0: Well, I mean, I like, I like that it's different. I just, I guess, it, to me, when I watched it, it just kind of felt like they walked in, and then it was like, he was like, he didn't even try to hide, he was just like, hey, it's me. Um... Anyway, um, yeah, so he's like, I'll help you get back. I started to kind of fall asleep at this point. So um, he's like, I'm just a guy, Mm -hmm. but then, oh gosh. The good, oh yeah, Miss One, no, no, not Miss One. The other good witch uh, makes Dorothy and her friends realize that all the things that they wanted the whole time they had in them all along. Um, So the scarecrow wanted a brain and throughout the movie, um, he's also like, he's full of garbage, like in a literal sense, full of garbage. Um, And a lot of that garbage is like these philosophical quotes Mm -hmm. written on paper. Um, And so because he's been like reading these philosophical quotes, He, like, is actually a very smart guy. So she's like, you've been smart the whole time. You have a brain. Um, And the Tin Man's like, gosh, I wish I had a heart. I don't have a heart. But he, like, he cries over the things that happen to everybody else throughout the movie. And when he cries, I mean, he cries. He cries perpendicular. I
1: still want to know how they did that (laughs) effect. I'm like, how? What is that happening?
0: Like, here's my face. He cries out, <laughs> um, and yeah, that fa- that effect was very impressive. um So yeah, it's like, oh, he actually is very emotional and he he cares a lot, and you know that's that's sweet. And then the cowardly lion, um, you know, he f- saves his friends a bunch of times in the movie. There's a subway sequence, by the way. Wow. Um there's oh, like so cool. It is very cool. Um There's yeah, they're they're in the subway and there are these like pillars in the subway and at one point the pillars break break off. It's like these tiled pillars too. They just break off and they start like attacking Dorothy and the cowardly lion comes and like saves her. And it's that again, nightmare fuel. Um the fuel of the nightmares. It's uh yeah, no, just like, gosh, the production design is so good. Um, I just wish the music was better, and that's that feels weird to <gasps> say. I, know. I,
1: I feel personally offended. I
0: know, like that's I didn't want to say. <laughs> I don't that, you think know? it's
1: necessarily you want the music to be better. You want the music to have a different tone.
0: I I just want the music to. It's not that I the tone? I don't need the music to have a different tone. I just need the music to. Like, be presented in a way that helps me remember it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I don't need the genre to change. I like that aspect of it. I don't, know, not the, I don't it.
1: mean, like, the genre, but, like, like you were saying with, um, like, the Judy Garland version, how it's all kind of, like, upbeat, it follows, follows like, some sort of consistency. I mean, it, And I feel like, in this one, the music's not so much upbeat, like, in the yeah. same way, um and it's a lot more ballads it's like
0: yeah i don't know if i needed it to be upbeat mm. i think I just needed there to be less of it yeah because otherwise it's just kind of like a constant music track playing mhm um and as opposed to like you know if i say like oh the song that they played during that scene yeah well in this in this case it's like the song that they played at that moment mhm um through the whole moment. Mm -hmm. It's like, pick any moment of the movie, there was a song. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean like second to second, Mm -hmm. like the moment contained in that situation. Whereas The Wizard of Oz, there's more just like, yeah, dialogue between songs. Mm -hmm. Anyway.
1: But the songs are still good. The songs are still, the songs
0: are still good. There's just way too many of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I mean, that's kind of like my final thoughts on the movie. Mm -hmm. Like there's, the production design I will never forget um mm. the visual effects uh, just everything like yeah. everything that was not the music yeah like it just it feels like the music was supposed to be the successful element here because it's based on a stage play yeah. that already existed mm-hmm. so that's where I'm like I'm that's kind of just I'm confused mm-hmm. um I mean our play
1: is pretty long and like have a lot of music
0: yeah I suppose you're right I don't I don't know I like I don't yeah. I'm not music musical uh cri- critic uh educated enough mm-hmm. to like be able to put my finger on mm-hmm. what it was mm-hmm. that I needed to be better mm-hmm. but
1: got you
0: it just wasn't hidden yeah I like I like like it's I like the genre. Mm-hmm. I like the people singing. Mm-hmm. And some of the songs were like, woo. Um, but then other <laughs> songs were like, Ugh. yeah, they just drug on too long. Yeah. And that's, and that's the, uh, the weakness of the movie in my eyes.
1: I agree. Um, so yeah, so some fun facts. There were actually some pretty interesting facts. So as I mentioned, Motown Productions bought the rights to the stage show. Um, and so when they were coming up with the concept of developing this movie, um, they were intending on casting the girl who played Dorothy on in Broadway, and her name's Stephanie Mills. Um, and she, I think during the Broadway production, or maybe when it started was like eighteen or something like that, like 16, something something. she was, she was a young young girl. Um, which is an important distinction to make. Um, because so-
0: Diana Ross was 38. No, she was thirty-three. Oh, um, I thought she was thirty. Oh, okay. Um, so I,
1: oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so Diana Ross really, really wanted this role. Um, like, girl advocated for herself, went hard for herself to get this role. Uh, so at the time, the original director was John Badham. I think that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Um, and both him and the head of Motown, which was Barry Gordon who was actually dating Diana at the time um, they both thought she was too old <laughs> they did not want her casted for Dorothy because she was 33 Dorothy I think in the books is like 12 or something yeah, like that very, she's very young
0: super young
1: yeah she. so Diana Ross ended up going to the executive producer Robert Cohen and basically convinced him to hire her. And one of those, one of the things she said to convince him was if you hire me, I can get Michael Jackson to be in this movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that is what she did. <laughs> and so she was casted as Dorothy. Michael Jackson was casted as the scarecrow. Um, and they replaced John Bedham with, um, Sydney Lumet. Um, So yeah, so he ended up directing. So Sydney was chosen to direct primarily because of his reputation for um, finishing his movies on time and within budget um however i think this movie did go over budget
0: well look at that (laughs) i
1: know um the movie ended this movie ended up becoming the most expensive ever shot in new york city at the time um and it cost about 24 million and this is back in the 70s so i don't know how inflation changes that but
0: it's a lot for the time yeah 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 in the context of how much movies cost
1: um, I looked up how much they grossed. I believe it was like 21,000 worldwide, roughly, and estimated. So they lost money. They did not make their sorry, money back. Did
0: you say 21 million? So, million,
1: yes. Okay.
0: 21,000? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Like five people saw this
1: movie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 21 million. Okay. Um, so they did lose money. Um. So I think you'll be interested in this fact. When it first, When the movie first came out, Critics did not like it. Um, A lot of people had issues with Diana Ross being cast as Dorothy, again, because they felt she was too old. Mm. Um, Some said that this movie was not appropriate for kids nor adults. For kids, they found it way too scary, as you have felt, <laughs> even though you're not a kid.
0: It is. Um. It is it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: they considered it extremely scary for kids, um, and just like ridiculous for adults. Um, and in some somewhere that I read, um, they mentioned like adults or like critics being like, it was just it was chaotic. Like it was just there was just so much going on. Um, however, people loved Michael Jackson <laughs> as the Scarecrow, and so people really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, it wasn't until I want to say like early two thousands that this movie really became like a cult classic. Mm. Um, so another just interesting fact is that Diana Ross was actually hospitalized during the production of this, um, and she was nearly blinded by a lighting effect oh my that gosh. was used. Um, so yeah, so she wrote about that in. Her biography. Whoa. Yeah. Um, an Interesting fact that maybe you don't find interesting, but I really find it interesting. interesting. Um, so I love Eartha Kitt. And Eartha Kitt was the first choice to play Eveline. I don't know why she wasn't casted or if like maybe it was a conflict and whatever she was doing at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, w- I thought that would have been so good to have Eartha Kitt as Eveline. Um, Eartha Kitt plays Yzma, if anyone is not sure. She's also like a singer. Like she's like,
0: Yzma from the Emperor's New Group? I feel like you have to just... You can't just say Yzma. We don't know who that is. I mean,
1: who else is named Yzma?
0: You know how many people have not seen the Emperor's New Group? (laughs)
1: Anyways, she was Yzma in Emperor's New Group. She was also in Holes, if you watched that. She played, um, like, Hector Zaroni's great-great-grandmother or whatever.
0: um, Got it. Who put
1: the curse on the family, the illness family.
0: (laughs) Now that, I know who that is.
1: (laughs) Um, but she's also a phenomenal singer, um, and I don't know. I really like her music. Um, well, who, sorry, are they, who are
0: they going to cast Eartha Kitt as? Evelyn. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, which I feel like uh, I almost called her Isma. I feel like Eartha Kitt plays like villain characters like really well.
0: I mean, I feel like the the woman that played Eveline did a phenomenal. Yeah, job. Yeah, she did a
1: great job. I was just like, it would have been cool to see Eartha Kitt as Evelyn.
0: Yeah, just as an
1: Eartha Kitt fan. Um. So, to kind of tie this episode with last week's episode, mm. um, I saw this note that the Whiz is considered a part of the Black exploitation movement. I don't know why I struggle saying that word. Really?
0: I mean, yes. It's actually tough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like choke in the middle of it. <laughs> like Black <laughs> exploitation. Um. So yeah. So I was interested of like, oh, I don't know if I've ever like if I perceived it that way. And then I read this um, this girl who's a writer, and I think she like worked in journalism for a little bit. But she has like uh, she had a website, and she broke down all the metaphors and the themes throughout the Wiz. And I was like, I understand like how this could be a part of black exploitation. Um, and so to talk about a few of those metaphors, there's honestly the whole thing is all in reference to black experiences and like you when you watch it especially watching it as an adult I picked up on it as we watched it um but there were some things that are a little bit more subtle that I didn't quite understand or like fully comprehend um and especially as a child I never understood any of this I was just like oh this is Black Wizard of Oz like fun um but basically so for the for michael jackson as a scarecrow right he's on this post and there are a bunch of crows and he sings a song called you can't win and basically the crows as they're talking to him are telling him like don't come off your post like there's nothing for you when you come down like stop educating yourself like basically like saying all these (laughs) terrible things about like stay up there just live your life up there um and the crows represent Jim Crow, like Jim Crow laws. <laughs>
0: that that was obvious to me. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's that, and then the uh, there's like a whole thing about the Tin Man, and the Tin Man calls himself. So the whole the Tin Man refers to his relationships a lot, and he's like talking about how he's had four wives and like um, just like his struggles with relationships. Um, And how he wants a heart, uh, I guess, to have better relationships. Um, But he refers to himself with this term. And I forgot what the term was. But the term, he calls himself this term. And it basically means, like, cheater. Um, Oh. Yeah. And so this writer wrote down how he wants a heart because of indifference um, due to, like, heartbreak. And then that then uh, consequently leading to the mistreatment of women, um, which just makes sense if you're considering this a black exploitation movie yeah. um, huh. and, like, trying to pinpoint things in the community, I guess. Um, and so then The Lion, which is, to me, the most obvious, is about masculinity <laughs> and just, like, what it means to be a man and, like, you need to have courage and things like that. Um. At some point, the all the characters, like, get this, like, sleep potion or, like, sleep thing put on them. Um, yeah. In and the that-
0: original Wizard of Oz, it's, like, they're walking through a poppy field that the witch put a spell on. And then it makes them sleepy. But in this, it's...
1: Yeah. It's these girls who, like, give them something. Yeah. Um, And it's basically... Could poten- well, it could potentially be a metaphor for drugs in a community.
0: Mm. Um,
1: there's also, so in the movie, and this is a thing that makes no sense, <laughs> and I like could not put my finger on why this was a thing, but there's these cabs.
0: Yes. <laughs> as soon as you said no sense, I was like, it's probably the cabs.
1: Yes. So every time Dorothy shows up to a place, there's a cab, a yellow cab. And It's like a car that's running and she goes to get inside, but it switches to like not available and drives off.
0: And the windows are like curved outward and have checkered flags on them.
1: Sure, I think that's just an aesthetic thing.
0: Yeah, no, sorry. I wrote, I wrote down as somebody who works as a designer, these cabs with checkered flag windows um, bug me to no end because of how impractical they are. That's it I wrote that down. It's supposed to be
1: practical. It's supposed to be silly.
0: <laughs> I know. It's just like you can't get in that cab because it's, it's not even like a real thing. Oh my gosh. You know.
1: Anyway, <laughs> so the cabs drive off, and she's not able to get in. This happens at, like I said, every single point. But as you get further and further into the movie, the cabs are like broken, like they're like run down, they're broken, you can't even, they're not even like in service. And so the writer of this article made a really interesting point and was talking about how the cabs represent like businesses who just profit off of like black people's dollars um, and then as you go on into the movie, Dorothy and her friends, they don't even try to use the cabs. And so because they're not using it, the cabs are like run down, like they're like out of service because it, they haven't been used. And I was like thinking more about this and I was like, okay, well I'm still a little confused on it. Yeah. But I mean, I like I thought about the cannabis industry, right? Okay. Where the cannabis industry is so profitable and a lot of people of color are like giving these ca- the cannabis industry money but who's the like who's the owners of these like cannabis places it's all white people and so they're benefiting off of the pro- the money of like people of color but then people of color aren't able to start their own cannabis businesses they're not able to like tap into a market because that's just not how it's built like there's so many systemic issues mm-hmm. that they're you know not able to like have the same thriving business Um, And so, when I thought about that, (laughs) it kind of made this, like, whole cab thing made a little bit more sense, and I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Um, Yeah. The cab, yeah,
0: I I, I I get it. (laughs) The cab thing feels, the, the metaphor that you just provided is very meaningful. In the context of watching the movie and experiencing it there, it feels more like a stretch, but... When you put it all together, I guess it does Mm -hmm. make sense.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because
0: when you're – I guess my point is when you're watching the movie and you see these cabs, you are just confused. Yeah. Um,
1: But I did notice, though, like when we were watching it – yes, I was very confused at the beginning. I was like, why are there cabs there? But then I think because it stood out, because I was like, what is their place? I did notice like halfway through the movie – oh, now the cabs are, like, all run down and, like, messed up. But I didn't put two and two together of, like, the journey of the cabs as you go through the movie and the fact that the characters weren't engaging with the cabs anymore.
0: I guess it's just, like, what was the point of putting the cabs in? Was it so that, like, as far as, like, a device for the actual characters, was the point of the cab for them to get into the cab to then take to the Emerald City?
1: um well they were never supposed to get in the cabs because the cabs kept driving off it's like they weren't allowed to use it they were being shut off from it
0: oh uh, okay and the, but the point of them wanting to get into the cab is to go to the emerald yeah city. they're yeah, like yeah. we could
1: take the cab to get to the emerald city but like they uh, won't okay. even let us all right all right all right
0: all right yeah it makes a little more sense
1: <laughs> yeah um and the last thing which is like again another very obvious one is the sweatshop one, it's a sweatshop. Like, <laughs> there you go. That was, like, not even a metaphor. It's just there. Yeah. Um, and two, enslavement. Like, there were workers there that were enslaved. And then once the witch dies, they, like, take off their costumes or whatever. And it's, like...
0: I mean, some of them, like, literally had, like, masks yeah. that they had to, like, peel off or, like, yeah. open up.
1: Yeah. They were, like, liberated.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, yeah. And there was, there was so much more. That was just, like, a few of, like... Some of the big hits um, that I wanted to share, but yeah, it's there's a lot of nuance to it. Some of it is very easy to pick up on. Some of it's a little bit more like you got to kind of process and like really make the parallels. Um, but I think overall, as like a collective thing, like you you understand that this movie is trying to make some sort of comment yeah. on. Black people living in a city um, which I think is very interesting
0: yeah there's all these like it's just yeah this movie just feels like such an anomaly because if you pick apart an individual aspect it's like there's so many good things going on with that particular aspect but then when you take all of these aspects and you put them all together in the whole package it doesn't it doesn't end up working out as well as you hoped it was going to. Mhm. And that's that kind of sucks. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's I don't know. <laughs> like I don't I would only rewatch this movie I, either in the background or if somebody edits it down to Mm -hmm. 90 minutes Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
0: yeah because it's like a full two hours and 20 Mm -hmm. which is long yeah so
1: for sure um yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry my brain's like moving very fast and like words are not coming out (laughs) I just thinking about a lot i guess what
0: i guess what i'm trying to say is that like i did i did like elements of it yeah and but i overall for me it's the the music overstaying its welcome yeah um that brought down the experience yeah made me bored
1: yeah i'm wondering because they did they did a a play like a, a new updated version of the play, oh, yeah? um, televised.
0: Oh, I saw that. It was the the Wiz Live. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and that was back in oh, I was a sophomore in undergrad. Yeah, it was like within the last ten years, right? Yeah, I was a sophomore in undergrad. Um, I had started watching it, but then I went to a party, so I didn't finish it. <laughs> so I don't quite remember. I don't know what happened, or like if it was good, or like what people thought about it. But it seemed like it was going to be really cool. Um,
0: I would I would watch that.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird one. Unless
0: it's two hours and 20 minutes and then I might reconsider it.
1: (laughs) I mean, it might have been, you know, with commercials and everything. I... Yeah, it's just, it's weird to come back to this. I And honestly, I didn't watch this movie too much as a child. Like, this isn't, like, a movie that I, like, yeah, just kept watching. I just remember seeing it as a child and being like, wow... Like, black Dorothy, black people, Michael Jackson, this is so cool. Like, this is great. Um, and then, like, never really came back to it. <laughs> and so then when we had this, I was super excited to watch it again because I was like, oh, I remember, like, being a kid and really liking it. And then, yeah, it's just, like, it's a bummer that I'm like, oh, it was a lot. <laughs> like, it was just too much. <laughs> but I still appreciate – I appreciate it for the culture, you know? Like, totally. I appreciate what it gave us especially as a black person. Um, and, yeah. So I think it has a, it still has a special place in my heart, despite maybe not watching it again. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when we have kids. Uh, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I mean, I would not be surprised if yeah. this isn't the last time I watched The Wiz in my lifetime.
1: Yeah. I would like to show our kids this movie. Yeah. But... I guess that's that also i want to specify when i was talking about cannabis i'm not saying that only people of color buy cannabis products Oh, no. <laughs> i'm just saying because they're people of color are criminalized for it yes that was the distinction i was trying yes. to make
0: <laughs> good point i didn't even catch that
1: i was like it was in my mind and i was like i feel like i said that in a weird way um so yeah so should we go ahead and assign
0: yeah, let's go for next week's assignments. I'm going to
1: be honest. I didn't pick something, but I think I know what I'm going to give you.
0: I, I know what I'm going to give you. Uh, Yeah, I am going to go for something on the simpler side. Uh,
1: Thank goodness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am going to um, – I'm actually going to – I know we still haven't even finished One Punch Man, but I'm going to give you another anime. Um, and I'm going to give you initial D.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you know what that is?
1: Yes, I know what that is. I literally got you a sweatshirt with a car from it. Oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, That's right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't expect you to like fall in love with it or anything. I'm just like, yeah, I could use five episodes of initial D right now. That sounds fun. Okay. Yeah.
1: That sounds good. Um. Okay. I... I have been in a very terrible mood <laughs> this whole week. So I'm gonna give you something that's just so lighthearted.
0: Yeah, let's go for it.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give you Life Size, which is a Tyra Bangs and Lindsay Lohan movie.
0: Oh, I have not seen that.
1: Yes. I am I have been wanting to watch it. I love that movie. Like I go hard for this movie. So I am so this is one of those movies when I was a child would yeah. watch every week.
0: I yeah. Part of me. Feels like I have seen it. Yeah. But I like. I constantly it quote is all it. gone. So yeah.
1: I com- constantly. I would love to.
0: I would love to watch it with you next.
1: Yes. I'm so excited. I just need something to like cheer me up because yeah. I feel like I, it's been a it's been a week. It's been <laughs> it's, it has. I, and I feel like my energy is trans. I'm projecting it to everything and yeah. everyone, and I hate that. I was
0: I was so exhausted after work yesterday that. I was like, you know, thank God it's Friday. But then I was like, oh, we got to spend two hours watching City of God. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. Yesterday, you were like, so. I'm like, just, we'll just do it. Yeah, we'll just, we just do it. We're just,
0: we're just, we just had to do it. Um, and I mean, it was a great movie. But yeah, um, a simple, simple anime, I think. Yes. And uh, a Tyra Banks Lindsay Lohan movie. Sounds phenomenal i know i can't wait (laughs) i can't either all right then we will see you then uh until then um
1: we'll be watching life size and initial d
0: wow thank you honey i'm doing that to be a (laughs) butt Yeah. Yeah. next week's episode (laughs) life size and initial d we'll see you then
1: (laughs) bye bye